Is nicotine a good aromatase inhibitor to use? I would say no. And the main reason for that is because the half-life is so short. The half-life is about two hours. So if you use nicotine, it's only gonna inhibit aromatase for about three to four hours, but the half-life is about two hours. So it's gonna be, here's your estrogen, here's the estrogen. It's being inhibited and about two hours and then three hours, four hours, five hours. So you don't get a continuous inhibition of access estrogen. So the main reason for access estrogen needs to be addressed. Why is aromatase being upregulated in the first place? Usually it's because people have access inflammation, they are insulin resistant and they have nutritional deficiencies. So if you use nicotine as a compensation, first of all, you're going to have to use it quite frequently because of the short half-life and you're going to use, have to use it long-term because you're not addressing the root cause for elevated estrogen in the first place. The only studies that we have on nicotine and aromatase is done in vitro. So we don't know the necessary dose and how effectively it would actually lower estrogen. So it can lower estrogen in vitro studies, but we don't know the effect in humans. So we don't know how potent it is and the half-life is short. So there's a few downfalls to using nicotine as your main aromatase inhibitor. Now another compound called cotinin which you get when you smoke actually has a much longer half-life, 19 hours, and that also very effectively inhibits the aromatase. So smokers is better off than just nicotine users because they don't just get nicotine, but also cotinine, which inhibits the aromatase. And in general, people that tend to smoke more tend to have higher levels of testosterone and DHT, slightly, but it's in a dose-dependent manner. So when you look at the amount of cigarettes that people smoke, usually these people that smoke about 20 or more cigarettes on a daily basis tend to have about a hundred point higher increase in testosterone than people that don't smoke. So here are non-smokers, let's say it's about 500 nanograms per deciliter. Smokers that smoke about 20 cigarettes a day, 600 nanograms per deciliter. Is that worth it to increase your testosterone? Nope. Address the things that increase your aromatase, the aromatase promoters address those, and your aromatase will go back and your estrogen will normalize and you don't have to use smoking, I guess as an excuse to be androgenic, and you don't have to use nicotine as aromatase inhibitor, and I don't think it's a good aromatase inhibitor. So there's a few downfalls, as I mentioned, we don't know how effective, how effective it is in humans, and we, the half-life is pretty short, and then also you create this problem with a dependence and addiction with nicotine. So people that smoke tend to be more depressed. So they smoke because it helps with their depression. The theory goes that smoking downregulates the nicotine, the alpha-7 nicotinic, nicotinic receptor, the alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptor. So that receptor tends to be upregulated in people with depression. So once you smoke or you consume nicotine, ingest nicotine, it acts on that receptor, but it downregulates that receptor. But now you don't smoke for a couple hours, then that receptor upregulates again. And it might upregulate above baseline, making your depression worse, requiring you to smoke more and use more nicotine more frequently, creating this dependence. So the moment you stop, you feel hella depressed. So there's a few side effects to using nicotine chronically. So I'm not a fan of it, especially not using it to lower access estrogen. But it can be used, I would say it's okay to use a little bit of nicotine, like one milligrams for a nootropic once or twice a week, but no more, don't become dependent on it. And of course there are better nootropics than nicotine. You don't have to use nicotine as a nootropic.